It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. And this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get $10 off your next order. But this episode is going to be primarily about the first round playoff series between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. We're also going to talk about how college basketball season will impact the Thunder, hand out some NBA bubble awards, do our first ever stock market watch, and we'll talk about losing the first-round pick this year and what it means. We're also going to preview a little bit of the Clippers game that we all know doesn't matter, so we will not spend too much time on that. But what we will spend a lot of time on is previewing this first-round matchup. In fact, on Monday, you can come back and check out the crossover episode with me and the host of Lockdown Rockets, Jackson Gatlin. We're going to talk all about the Rockets angle of things. Today, we're going to do the Thunder angle of things, and then also on game day. So right now, it's still up in the air if the Thunder will play on Monday or Tuesday. So on game day, whichever day that is, you can check back and find another episode where you're going to hear all of your favorite Thunder media members in one place giving you their playoff predictions and what they expect from this first round series. I appreciate everyone who helped make that possible. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's so fun to put together right now. I cannot wait to push publish on that on that podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you need to stay tuned to Locked on Thunder, the only podcast giving you a full episode talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder every single day. So it's really time to start diving into this playoff matchup because although there's a game tonight against the Clippers, it's now for both teams meaningless. Both teams have, have rendered this game meaningless due to locking up their uh, matchup for the Thunder. You can still move between four and five. Right now you're at that four line. Depending on how the Rockets game goes and how your game goes, you could flip-flop that and be the five. With no home court advantage, the seeding doesn't matter. The matchups do. You have your matchup. It's Houston. And the biggest factor in this matchup so far on paper has been the injuries. And for the Thunder, we're still unsure as of the time I'm recording this the status of Lou Dort. We're not sure how many games he'll miss, if he'll miss any games. We're not sure what the MRI revealed for Lou Dort. It's up in the air. So that's a big injury. Lou Dort has been one of the best defenders the Thunder have had all year. He's been a a top defender in the NBA, and he's had some success against James Harden. And to take him out would be huge. So the Lou Dort injury, which we might know more after I publish this, but the Lou Dort injury is huge. For the Rockets, they also are dealing with plenty of big injuries, mainly Russell Westbrook, who is 
out with a right quad injury. He's expected, according to Woj, to miss the start of the postseason. Now, what does that mean? Whenever you lay out this postseason schedule this year, you're not getting those travel days. You're playing every other day. That was confirmed by Shams today of The Athletic. You're going to play every other day. So if he's going to miss the start of the postseason, again, it depends on if you start on Monday or Tuesday, that's not a lot of time. If you're already ruling him out game one, you're likely going to have to rule him out game two as well. But if they don't start till Tuesday, then you get a little bit more time, a little bit more break. But we're not sure how many games he'll miss. I would say with Russell Westbrook, you can't count anything out. He's such a competitor. He, he's relentless. You all know about Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. But I would say with the reports coming out of Rockets camp to bank on him not playing in that first game and then all bets are off from there on out. But I, I could also see a, a scenario in which Russell Westbrook is so determined to play against his former team that he goes out there even while injured. He goes out there not even close to 100%, and he just wants to give it a go and try to take on the Thunder. Uh, but I would say that he's probably out game one, just given what Woj has said on ESPN and, and all the articles so far about this injury. He's for sure going to be out game one, which is huge. You're going to have Dennis Schroeder back for game one, so you're going to get a guy back. They're going to lose an important piece. Uh, over there. And again, Lou Dort's still up in the air. We're not sure about that injury. But P.J. Tucker also is dealing with, an, with dealing with a nagging injury. It's unclear if he'll miss the game one. I would assume he'll be back for game one. I would assume he's fine. But we're not certain on that either at this point in time. Eric Gordon is returning from injury for, for the Rockets. And he has looked rusty all season long. He's been uh, not as sharp from beyond the arc as you would like for Eric Gordon to be. Uh, he hasn't been his old self. There's a lot in the air in terms of medically. For, for the Thunder, you have Dort and you have even Steven Adams. How will Steven Adams react to this knee injury? How much can he give you in this postseason? You saw Steven Adams get played off the floor last year by Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor played Steven Adams off the floor. The same guy that Billy Donovan said can't play in the playoffs played your third best player off the floor. That can't happen this year, and if he's not 100%, uh, that really does not set up well for the Thunder. Now, the Thunder do have the size advantage with, with the Rockets, but one aspect I want to talk about here is Darius Baisley. How does he play in to this series? You've seen from the moment they've gotten to Disney World that Billy Donovan has been pushing for Baisley to play that five position. Do you know who he matches up with perfectly at that five position? The Houston Rockets. And when you have a center now, if you put Baisley at center, when you have a center who can grab a rebound and go coast to coast on a small team, Baisley's a tremendous playmaker, a great ball handler. He can finish at the rim. He can shoot. Playmaking is his best asset, and it was coming out of high school. When you do all of that, and whenever you can run the floor and push the pace with the Rockets, and they don't have the depth, and, and they don't have the depth, and they're fully healthy. Now they don't have depth, and they're hurt. That can really transcend this series. Darius Baisley, to me, is one of the X factors of this series. What can he provide to you? Now he's gone three straight nights, uh, three straight games of twenty points. He can break the Thunder rookie record tonight against the Clippers if he can get twenty points again tonight, which he'll have ample opportunities to do. Darius Baisley is playing his best basketball at the right time. The New Balance intern has turned himself into a full-time employee of the Oklahoma City Thunder playoff rotation. And, and Darius Baisley, again, is going to be an X factor for me 
in this series. I would, I cannot wait to see what that looks like. And it could blow up in my face. You could be uh, recording this right now and send it back to me after he plays the five position. It doesn't look that good, but I think it'll look fantastic against the Houston Rockets. I really do. I, I think that that can be a secret lineup that the Thunder can roll out there for, for Houston where you don't have a lot of footage of Baisley playing that center possession against uh, NBA competition and with the Thunder starters. I think that's going to be a secret weapon for Billy Donovan to use. But the biggest part of all of this, to me, for the Thunder, uh, losing Lou Dort would be the biggest part, but I already said last night I would assume that he will play. The question is, what capacity can he play at? To me, getting Dennis Schroeder back is the biggest deal in this series. You're going to have him on the floor. How does he look on the floor? Can he come back and hit the ground running? Can he come back and continue to be the sixth man of the year? Can Dennis Schroeder come back and immediately give you back your best lineup? Your three-guard lineup of, of Schroeder, Paul, and Shea was your best lineup. It was your nightmare lineup, as Billy Donovan calls it. Can Dennis get thrown into that lineup again and play up to his expectation level? Because before he left the bubble for the birth of his kid, he was a starting caliber guard in the NBA. Does he have any rust? Does he have... Uh, does, does he have anything lingering with him that, that will hurt his ability to return to his peak performance of this season? He has not gotten to shake the rest off of the four-month layoff, much less his, his own layoff of, of going to the birth of his kid. It's fantastic that he's back, but that is a question, is, is how good can he be and how much rust is there to shake off? Now, I will say... Before he left for the birth of his child, he played in those scrimmages. Uh, he, he played in, in a seating game. Before he left, looked amazing. He looked really good. He looked like he did not miss a beat. And you saw him, uh, even outside the bubble, you saw him working out. You saw him getting the work in. So that's encouraging as well. But Dennis Schroeder adds an element to this team that cannot be downplayed. While you're evaluating what the Thunder have done in the bubble, remember they did not have their best lineup on the floor. For all the good and the bad stats you can pull from the bubble so far, from these eight seeding games, remember they did not have their best lineup on the floor. And you do not have your best lineup in the pantry without Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It has everything you need for your protein, but also in some amazing flavors that truly do taste like, taste like a candy bar. They have six brand new flavors, by the way, since the last time we've talked about Bilt Bar in this podcast. You've got Caramel Brownie. You've got Cookies and Cream. You've got Cherry Barcia. You've got Lemon Almond Cheesecake. Oh, good Lord. Carrot Cake and Apple Almond Crisp, as well as the 12 original flavors, including my personal favorite, the Banana Nut Bread. Bilt Bar is totally redesigned. It is a healthy way to get the protein that you need with low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet, by the way, if you're into that sort of thing. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories. It's perfect for what you need. In fact, you can use them before workout, after workout, or even as a meal replacement as breakfast as we start getting back to our normal lives and being on the go more in the morning. Just pick one of these up. I like to put them in the refrigerator. I just pick one of them up and go and get on with your day. It is fantastic. You're going to want to go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. Get $10 off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. 
Trust me, it is fantastic. I cannot wait to try all of the new flavors that they'll be sending our way from BuiltBar.com. I love Built Bar. I've ordered Built Bars after uh, sampling them. I cannot recommend them enough. They are just perfect uh, for everything you need in a protein bar. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we've got some breaking news coming out of the break, and this is what you can expect in playoff time. There's going to be news swirling all over the place, and we're going to have it covered every single day on Locked on Thunder. But courtesy of Joe Mazzato from The Oklahoman, he says, Thunder guard Lou Dort suffered a right knee sprain last night. He'll be held out against the Clippers in his day-to-day after that. Also against the Clippers, Chris Paul will be out with the left hand sprain, and Dennis Schroeder will continue to self-quarantine. So for Lou Dort, it could be much worse than a right knee sprain. We'll see how he responds to treatments and things like that. He is listed as day-to-day from now on. Hopefully this means he will not miss the start of the postseason, but you again have to wonder what's going to happen and if he can play, what level can he play at in that postseason. So, you know, that kind of leads you into what should be the rotation for the postseason. What should we be looking for out of Billy Donovan during this rotation? I think that you're going to see Henry Diallo, even though, I said last night I wouldn't do it anymore. I wouldn't do the Hamadou Diallo experiment anymore. But it sounds like, and it seems like, that's what's going to happen is more Hamadou Diallo. The big question for this rotation to me, and this series really, goes back to Steven Adams. We can all agree that your best players this season have been Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gilders alexander Steven Adams. Those those have been your best guys. Gallinari as well. But But... Those have been your five best guys, and, and Adams fits into that starting five. And how do you win in the postseason? You win with your best players. Undoubtedly to me, Adams is in that list of, of, of your five best players. If he has another postseason where he gets played off the floor by a smaller uh, lineup, by a smaller Houston lineup, if you remember him getting played off the floor last year, that, that cannot happen again. That will really determine your rotations. To me, the only thing that that I hope for in these rotations, because I think that we all pretty much know what to expect. It's going to be a, a smaller rotation because that's how all playoff rotations operate, probably eight to nine guys. It's going to be your starters plus Dennis. You're going to have Noel playing some. I really want to have Baisley. I, I want Baisley in there almost a, a ton. I want to see a ton of minutes for Baisley, uh, but for many different reasons, one of which is he's played very well in the bubble. Uh, he's always done the right things, even whenever it hasn't shown up on the stat sheet the last three games and it has shown up on the stat sheet, uh, but also because as much as I think the Thunder can win this series uh, and arguably should win this series, and which we'll get into throughout the course of this next week, 
the season has always been about house money and it's always been about uh, the future and it's always been about growing the future. What better time to test Baisley in a high leverage situation in a postseason situation than a postseason in the bubble in which there's no fans to rattle him uh, as a rookie. Uh, there is there is a lineup conducive to what he can do best, and that's run the floor uh, at the five position and let him uh, be kind of a, a playmaker, as that's one of his best assets that he has. There are many reasons to go play Darius Baisley. I want to see him play in that rotation. Uh, to me, the question is how much can Andre play? Do you play Ferguson, who's had a lot of success against uh, James Harden defensive, defensively in the past? And then... Of Diallo, Nader, Muscala, what do you do in that sense? And, and and here's where I think Billy Donovan can, can really flex his coaching muscles and show why he deserves Coach of the Year, even though it's already been voted for uh, by the time the series starts and really before they even got to Orlando, that was all voted for. Uh, but he's got to be able to adjust and ride the hot hand. And that's one of the, beauty, the beautiful things about not having those egos on this team. If Muscala is the hot hand and he continues this shooting streak he's going on. And again, he, he, he did it late again in garbage time against Miami. Uh, he did it on a back to back against the Suns. I understand that, but shooters shoot if they're open. And if he's open, he's shown he can knock it down. If Muscala is the one knocking down threes or Nader is or whoever, just keep alternating that eighth spot or that ninth spot in your rotation until you find the hot hand and the spark plug for that specific night. And maybe that ninth spot is never locked in, in this series. Maybe you have a new ninth guy, Every single every single game of a seven game set or a six game set, however long you see this this series going, but the rotation to me is one of the most interesting questions of this series because I truly think that although I have my opinions about Baisley and I have my opinions about how this rotation should shake out, I believe that you can come to me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles or on the email address lothunderpod at gmail.com and, and tell me a totally different rotation that you would want to see and have very valid arguments for that being correct. Uh, I think that there um, isn't really a right answer uh, in the sense that, luckily for the Thunder, all of these depth pieces have proven to be uh, guys that deserve some playoff run. You've got Andre returning, You've got Diallo showing some spurts, although not enough for me. You've got Baisley. You've got Nader. You've got Muscala. You've got Ferguson. How is it all going to shake out? It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to monitor that rotation. And then what should the game plan be for Oklahoma City in this series? Do you dump it off down low? Because I think that that's human nature, right? You see a big man guarded by a little person. And you say, okay, dump it off to him. He's got a guard on him. He's got a mismatch on him. He's got a mouse in the house. But that also, if you play through the post and you slow the game down, as already a slow offense in general, now you slow it down even more in Oklahoma City. All you're doing is giving a team that has no depth the ability to rest, the ability to sit down on defense and, and take a breath and, re, and re-energize themselves and, and regroup. I think that you run with Houston. Now, you don't go seven seconds or less and jack up threes, but but you quickly get into your offensive sets and your motions. You quickly run up and down the floor. You, you allow Darius Baisley to take a rebound coast-to-coast coast without resetting and dumping it off to Chris Paul. Uh, you allow those things to happen. That way, you can find success. Because while size is a big advantage for Oklahoma City, and especially late in the game, 
early on when you're trying to tire out this team, that's your best plan against Houston. Your best bet is to tire out that weak team that has no depth and force them to either keep exhausted players on the floor for a seven-game series or go to that depth and go to your bench players that aren't very good. To me, slowing the game down and dumping it off inside is not the answer every possession. You can't exploit that every possession. Your best bet would be tiring that out and then going to that late in the game and just allowing Stephen Adams to, to, to feast down there. Uh, but it can go either way. I, I, again, human nature tells you Adams is bigger than everyone on this roster, especially if there's no scrappy Russell Westbrook down there to defend him. Give it to Stephen Adams and let him put it in the hoop. But there's, there's also some, some benefactors in that way that works towards Houston. So it's going to be interesting to see the game plan for Oklahoma City. Let me know your game plan on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's, it's going to be really fun to watch this series. And we're going to have it all covered on Locked on Thunder. Again, the crossover episode on Monday with Locked on Rockets host Jackson Gatlin is going to be amazing. And on game day, you're going to get the episode with a ton of Thunder media members who are some of your favorites, I guarantee it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I was overjoyed recording all of those segments to put into that big podcast previewing the postseason. So I, I did want to talk about how college basketball is going to impact the Thunder and how coronavirus within college athletics can impact the Oklahoma City Thunder coming up. But I did want to tell you, you should be starting your mornings every single morning with the news that matters most in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Badu and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insights into the trends that are shaping our world. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So right now, college football is a bit up in the air, and I know people in Oklahoma are certainly interested in how this all shakes out and if they're going to get to watch their Sooners or Cowboys play in the Big 12 and play some college football. But an underrated note is college basketball. At best, you're going to get a college basketball season that takes place from January to March, at best, in my opinion. That's the best outcome that college hoops can hope for, is that you get to start January 1st with a new semester, and you get to play out the conference slate and get to March Madness. It's going to be tough to, to pick the March Madness teams, blah, 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 but we all pretty much know who should be in the tournament. But for a team like the Thunder who is deciding this offseason. It's not a clear-cut decision. Deciding this offseason, do you tank and start the rebuild process right now and lose, lose, lose while giving Shea and Baisley just all the shots in the world? Uh, do you try to lose and try to get a top pick in a loaded 
2021 class, or with the uncertainty around college basketball, which of course means it's uncertain how you're going to get to scout these guys, or if they're even going to play college sports and play in college at all. And if you're going to have to base what you uh, see in, in high school of what they can be in the pros, do you say, you know what, we have a good core here. It'd be easier to trade Chris Paul on an expiring contract. So let's just keep him here in Oklahoma city for another year in a shortened NBA season in all likelihood. Let's keep him here for another year uh, in Oklahoma city and then trade him as an expiring contract and where it's much easier to get off that contract. And let's run it back. Let's, let's try to sign back Gallinari. Let's even try to trade a distant future first round pick for a, a nice veteran piece to add to this roster on a short deal. Now, the con to that is, what if Chris Paul, you keep him around, and he doesn't duplicate this season that he has gotten him into MVP conversations? And now you're stuck with that contract for the uh, entirety of it, instead of just one more year. The, the, the cap situation is, is perfect for the Thunder, uh, which is something I didn't think we'd be saying uh, about the 2021 cap sheet. But for the Thunder... Uh, you can keep Chris Paul. There is no need to absolutely rush out and trade him if you don't want to. So the question is, do you feel comfortable cashing in your tank tickets? Because this team in a small market can't really afford to tank over and over again uh, before it loses relevancy, which they don't want to lose. I mean, this, this franchise would hate to lose uh, how relevant they are. They are a global brand now, and a lot of that is credited to James Harden and Chris Paul, I mean, and, you know, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, uh, but they don't want to lose that. So they, they don't want to tank for 20 years. They don't want to tank for 15 years like the Kings. They want to quickly get back to winning. Do you want to start your tank years in a season in which, yes, it's a loaded draft class, but we're not sure if these guys can actually play. Every year, we see guys go to the college level and get exposed. Just take this this year, for example. We got everything but March Madness. Coming into this season, before it tipped off, Cole Anthony was everyone's number two guy at worst. He was my number two guy in this draft. You can go check the articles I've written about this draft. He was my number two guy heading into this season. Now, everyone's updated their draft boards after what we've seen. He's he's a back end of the lottery kind of guy. RJ Hampton goes overseas and plays. He's a back end of the lottery kind of guy after being in some people's top ten. He was one of my favorite prospects. How do you want to play this if you're Sam Presti going into it if you cannot get the proper scouting? Now, the flip side of that is you you didn't get any college basketball from Darius Baisley. You were still able to figure out he was a good player. It's going to be interesting to see if Sam Presti wants to tank. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with the first round as well. If they could have this first round for the first time since Kevin Durant left, and you have uncertainty about your ability to scout players in this coronavirus world, maybe you do just run it back because they have that luxury given the fact that they can keep Chris Paul without fear uh, of the luxury tax with who's all rolling off the books and what all contracts are expiring and things like that. Uh, they're in a great spot in Oklahoma City, but I do not envy Sam Presti having to make that split decision of, of where I want to go from here. Now for me, if I was Sam Presti, I would go ahead and bank on tanking I would go ahead and say you know what guys this was fun but it's time to start tanking and get another another guy alongside Shea that's cheap that's controllable and that will be here whenever we hopefully win a championship 
because I believe that Cade Cunningham can play. I believe that guys like that can play, and I don't need to see them do it at Oklahoma State. I don't need to see them do it, uh, you know, again, a, a, a random game in, in Ames, Iowa. I don't need to see them do it uh, in Austin, Texas. I, I, I can I can just tell Cade Cunningham can play. So uh, I think that it won't impact it that much, but it is something to monitor moving forward. I did want to talk about the bubble awards real quick. For me, the bubble MVP, if you didn't know, uh, they're going to hand out the season-long MVP, which was voted for before the bubble. They're also going to hand hand out MVP and Coach of the Year and your first-team all-bubble teams for just these eight seeding games. And for me, the MVP comes down to between Damian Lillard and Devin Booker. I'm giving it to Dame. I really wanted to give it to Devin Booker, but the 60-point efforts that Dame is putting up to put Portland on, on his back and, and get them uh, to the eighth seed is so impressive. I love what he's done in Portland, and it pains me to say that because I cannot stand Portland, and I don't really like Dame all that much, but you have to respect what he's been able to do. Coach of the year in the bubble for me in these eight seeding games, small sample size, but Monty Williams. I understand that that the Suns have been a fun team to watch, but they've also been really lucky. You look at who's all been out against them and what all they, they who all they haven't had to play that can attribute to their record. But I will say, look at this team. The, the whole knock entering Disney World, the whole running joke was, why are the Suns even here? Why did the Suns get invited? The Suns were clearly a money grab. What are they doing with the Suns here? And now, there's a chance they're going to be in the play-in game. Depending on how these games shake out later on on Thursday night, there's a chance the Suns are in the play-in game. And even if they fall short of the playing game, the fact that Monty Williams got these players, these young players, motivated and got them playing good basketball, no matter who they're going up against, after they were told this entire time there was no reason for them to be here, to motivate that team is so impressive. Look what's happening in Washington. Look what's happening with the team in Washington that no one expected to, to, to do anything. They didn't. They went 1-7. So the fact that I, I cannot take for granted what Monty Williams has been able to do with the Suns team. I really like that hire, uh, and I liked it in the preseason, but he's been showing off inside the bubble. Uh, he's gotten Cam Johnson playing well. He's gotten Michael Bridges playing well. Devin Booker, of course, is a monster. He's playing some real competitive basketball for the first time in his career, you know, since he left Kentucky, you know, since he's been in the NBA. Uh, he's getting to play some competitive basketball, which is awesome for him and awesome for the NBA. Monty Williams is my coach of the year. Now, the first team all bubble, it's unclear if they're going to do traditional, you know, traditional positions. If they're not doing tra- traditional positions and just doing the five best players, give me Dame, Booker, James Harden, TJ Warren. Uh, give me those as my top four. And then I'll also throw in there Luka Doncic for his incredible game against the Rockets, an incredible game against the Bucks, uh, and just how good he's been in the bubble. So those are my five in, in the all bubble team if they're not doing it by traditional positions and locking in to each position. I don't think that they should do that for an eight-game sample size. But now it's time for the first ever Locked on Thunder stock market watch. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. 
The bell has rung and the stock market is open. I'm going to give you every week two guys I'm buying stock in, two guys I'm selling stock out of. Let's start with who I'm buying into. And it's been pretty clear this week I'm buying in to Darius Baisley. Baisley puts up three straight games of 20 points. He can be the first ever Thunder player to do it four straight times as a rookie if he can do it tonight against the Clippers. Baisley, I think, is the real deal. I, I like the draft pick whenever they made it. I think that he's proven to be a building block. I really like Darius Baisley in the bubble. I'm buying all of the stock you're willing to give me in Darius Baisley. I feel like I'm getting in on the ground floor of Apple whenever I put stock into Darius Baisley. Michael Porter Jr., same sort of thing. I'm buying the stock of Michael Porter Jr. Here's a guy that was a top high school recruit, number one in the nation. Went to Missouri, was incredible, but then he had to deal with a back injury that plagued him throughout his high school career, plagued him throughout his, his college career, and that was the big question around Michael Porter Jr. When you get a guy that's 19, 18 years old who has back issues, can you really invest in that as a franchise? Back issues don't just go away. So that's what scared some teams off, and it's what made him fall to the Nuggets, and they get another stud right in their lap. I'm buying all of the Michael Porter Jr. stock. I think he's going to be a great scorer in the NBA. For Bull Bull, I'm selling my stock in Bull Bull. Get Bull Bull out of here. Twitter has turned him into some NBA star. He's nothing but a gimmick. He's a little bit better than Taco Fall. All right. He's a little bit better than Taco Fall. He's not going to be anything special in this league, at least not for years and years. He's a project player who's been put on Twitter on a pedestal in these eight seeding games. I don't know how much he'll play in the postseason. Give me, get me away from the from the Bull Bull stock. And then TJ Warren. TJ Warren. I'm selling the stock on TJ Warren. Nice little player. Good player. I would like TJ Warren in Oklahoma City. He's not gonna go from he's not gonna average 25, 30 points a night in a real season, in a in a bigger sample size than, than eight games. He's not going to do that consistently. Get away from the TJ Warren stock. There's too much TJ Warren love. So that's the stock market for the day. I'm buying in on Baisley, buying in on Michael Porter Jr., selling Bull Bull, and selling TJ Warren. Let me know who two players you're buying into, two players you're selling on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And I did want to end the podcast on one note about the draft pick. As you all know by now, the Thunder came back and beat the Heat. They are locked in to a 4-5 matchup with the Rockets. They don't have the rights to their pick anymore. It's going to go to the Philadelphia 76ers. All year long, people have been saying on Twitter, Thunder fans specifically, this draft class is weak. This draft class is, is, is shallow. There's no point to tank. This draft class is bad. And then we actually lose the pick and people are freaking out on Twitter. Why wouldn't they tank? Why wouldn't they get the pick back? Number one, okay, just to dispel this whole gnome that we should be upset about the pick. Number one, it is a shallow draft in the sense of franchise-changing players. It's a deep draft if you want a role player. If you want a role player, I see a ton of NBA role players and maybe borderline starters in this draft class. I love this draft class in terms of NBA players. In terms of franchise-changing players, I don't love it so much. But number two, you still have a pick in this draft. You still have the Denver Nuggets pick. You gave up a pick to get Jeremy Grant from the Sixers, and you got back a pick to give up Jeremy Grant to the Nuggets. And furthermore, if you really love this draft class 
And if there's somebody at pick 21 or 20 or, or, or 19 that you love in that 20 pick range, which will what which is what the 76ers are going to get. If there's someone you love in that range, if there's someone Sam Presti loves in that range, you have 15 first round picks to get back in the first round. And you have reports from Brian Windhorst of ESPN that it's going to be easier than ever to trade into the first round as teams look to cut cost and to cut salary. There's plenty of reasons why I'm not going to sit here and cry over a pick that was lost in a in a shallow draft, in a draft in which you still have a first-round pick. Would it be nice to have two picks? Absolutely. But if you really want two picks that bad, you can trade back into this draft. If you like a guy that much, you can trade back into this draft with 15 future first-round picks. And in a draft in which it's going to be very easy to trade back into by all accounts, by Every media member has said that. Brian Windhorst, the first to say it on ESPN. The first to report it, that teams are actually looking uh, to trade out of the first round. Uh, real quickly, let's preview uh, the Clippers game. I'm only going to talk about one thing and one thing only. That's Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley can make history if he can get another 20-point game. The first Thunder rookie to ever do it for a streak as long as Baisley will have if he can get 20 points tonight against the Clippers. That's the only thing to really watch for. In this game, outside of the rotational battle uh, between Diallo, Baisley, Muscala, Nader, Noel, and Ferguson, how all does that shake out? How all how all do they play? If they all play, and and how do they look heading into the postseason? But I don't have much for you on this Clippers situation here. It's a meaningless game for both parties, and I cannot wait to get to the postseason. And I hope that you can't wait to listen to more playoff previews with Jackson Gatlin of Locked On. Uh, Rockets, and also with your favorite Thunder media members on game day. I have so many lined up from so many different networks and uh, websites and everything else. It's a lot of fun. I cannot wait to debut that for you guys ahead of this Rockets series. So follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles and be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.